show, man. You're John the Fuck Welcome to another episode of Post Weird, a conversation show about pop culture and the apocalypse. We're here. It is Valentine's Day weekend. Good luck to everyone out there trying to get it in. We May the force be with you. Now, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, I want them to know that you tried this three I times. Did, I did try this so many times. I don't know how to make awkward sex Keep jokes. It. We're fine. We could just we could just go from here. It's They Know What Podcast it is. It's Post Weird, baby. My name is Zach. I'm boys. here with Steve, as always. Steve, how is your Valentine's Day weekend going? Give us all the details. It's... It's going smoothly, you know. I I think the best part of being in like a long standing relationship, as you know, is like there's no there's no pressure for sexy stuff. There's no pressure for cute shit. I kill every day, baby. <laughs> I kill all the time. I wake up and kill. I go to sleep. I kill. I'm killing in my sleep. <laughs> I got I, I got some that. stuff. You gotta get. You, do you know Milk Bar in New York? No 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 free ads. Yeah. But I had to get some Milk Bar truffles. That that stuff hits. Give give that to the one you love. Yeah. <laughs> Give them what they like. You know, I'm, you know, you know. I got my partner this year. I got her two new bongs. She loves a good bong. <laughs> I love that. So like, she loves a little bong, and they got little hearts on them. So it's like cute. She's like, yo, she's high as fucking good. So I'm good. I, like you can't that's, miss. That's hilarious. You know like? I love that. I love that. Shout out Rosie. <laughs> Shout out to Rosie. I hope she. Where is she? Oh, she's in her bedroom sleeping. <laughs> well, we are here recording another pod, and I just want to start off by saying. Thank you for for answering my prayers. If anyone who listened to the last episode of the podcast, I ended by just praying to the gods that by last Thursday, <laughs> Ben Simmons wouldn't be a member of the 76ers anymore. And you know what happened, Steve? The blessings rained down upon us. Not only I don't feel like saying <laughs> Not only do we not have Ben Simmons anymore. The 76ers now have James Harden who immediately becomes the best player that Joel Embiid's ever played with. I I want Nets fans to cry. Like, I honestly, like, next time we play, I want the Sixers to beat them so bad that Ben Simmons has to take another mental health break. Honestly. You know, this is why people feel like men can't express their emotions. Because you just said, I hope he's sad on purpose. I hope he needs time away and no one helps him. He, He went to the Nets, right? And he changed his number to 10. So that he can sort of like trademark the Ben 10 nickname. And I'll tell you that this guy is a pussy who hasn't played in eight months. <laughs> don't okay. don't call this man Ben 10. He 10, 10 points is what he's going to average per game. This guy is washed. Stop don't this. Don't call him Ben. Don't call him Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love Ben 10 though. Shout out to Ben 10. I love those guys. So I just I just want to thank the basketball gods for for listening to the pod apparently. And making it so the Sixers should probably be favored to potentially win the championship. And if they do win the championship, I will be I'll be outside riding like any good white person whose team just won the championship. Yeah, I know y'all go nuts. Y'all like let's burn the town down for fun because our team won or lost. Good for y'all. I mean, I, I saw the news. I, I saw James Harden's gonna go to the best strip club. <laughs> I know what it is. I know what James Harden's about. I don't know anything about basketball, but I know he loves he loves a good booty he, in his he face. He does. I, I saw the the best summary of the situation was like people people who are concerned that James Harden spends too much time in strip clubs, doesn't have good conditioning, and doesn't get along with his teammates. 
Allen Iverson's a legend in Philadelphia. He did all those things. What I can say is fucking welcome home. <laughs> we're, we're... I mean, I've, I've been to Philly for 20 minutes, and I was like, there's definitely some good butter in this town, <laughs> I can tell you that. I can sense good butter around me. <laughs> that man is going to get paid, and it's just going to be up in Delilah's all day. That's fine. <laughs> All right, you know I've never met a woman named Delilah, and I wish I, it's I it's wish a club. It's a famous know. club in in Philadelphia. Not a it's woman, a f- although there might be a woman named that at Delilah's. <laughs> oh, I know she's giving it up. She's probably giving up the real. I should, you know, next time I go to Philly, let's just go to the strip club. Let's just see. What we'll happens. just I, I'll I'll bring I've my uh, my Harden jersey so I can get it signed while we're there. <laughs> yeah, he's probably there with you. He's like, oh shit, bro, I see you. I'm not oh, even gonna play today. My God, okay. I'm just I'm so happy. I I just I can't wait to rub it in everyone's face. I'm I'm. It's it's an incredible day. I I was literally in my house like yelling like like as a stereotypical sports fan where you see like the commercials where like the person Let's is go. so so Let's excited that they're like go. fist pumping and spilling popcorn all over them and whatever. That was me. I'm, I'm fist pumping in my living room when that trade went through. <laughs> yes, I'm using oh, my my I'm Ben Simmons jersey as a anime. doormat. <laughs> That's crazy disrespectful. That's what I'm saying. Why men can't get their emotions off? Because y'all really do wild disrespectful shit. That's a wild uh, disrespectful. It was. Let him be a bitch. If he wants to be a bitch, it was, he's a bitch. It was it's a good. Fine. It was a good few days. It was a good few days. Now all the Nets fans can go back to to claiming the Knicks, or they'll just have to defend Ben Simmons not shooting for like the next four years. Have fun. I want to say one thing on basketball that I respect. I respect you lifelong Knicks fans. Because <laughs> I know nothing about basketball. I know nothing, but I know the joke is always the Knicks suck. And every fucking time the Knicks fans come outside like, yo, today's the day. This is our year. And every it year. It never is. It really isn't. It never is. And I respect that. That's a real loyalty right there. You got to love I that. I do respect that. That's And that's why the Nets can can take so much heat is because no one is actually a Nets fan. Like, I don't actually believe that they exist. I believe that they saw famous players go to that team and were like, ah, oh, the Knicks are bad. And I live in the borough over from Brooklyn or something. I can call myself a Nets fan. They're just waiting for the Knicks to be good again. And that's why you can just insult them. It's, it's like someone who claims that they're a Clippers fan. No, you're not. The Lakers were just bad for 10 years. You don't like the Clippers. Come on, man. <laughs> I want to. I have a. I have a like galaxy brain hotep thought of why the Nets exist. The Nets exist so they could gentrify Brooklyn. Because you weren't. I was here. Let me. Let me. Let me tell you something. I was here. I lived in that area before Jay Z was like, "Hey, let's put a fucking stadium here." That area was fucking scary. <laughs> like, it's it's right next to a mall. I don't know. You, you've been there. I think you said you've been. Oh there. yeah, I've been to the, the Barclays, Barclays Center a few times. Yeah. Okay. It was different before it was there. Before it was the Barclays Center was there. It was it was a big fucking hole in the ground, and they were just said they were going to put like affordable housing. My mom was on the list. Blah blah blah. blah. I used to go to that area all the time because it was just like the best mall in Brooklyn. Fucking scary. <laughs> so you're telling me that you weren't but eating also- at a Shake Shack across the street from an arena? They did this. To gentrify Brooklyn, my brother, and keep your third eye open because it is still Black History Month. I, I actually, I don't I even think that. that's a conspiracy theory. That just sounds one hundred percent true because the oh, yeah. the Nets, yeah, the like Nets used to actually. be in New Jersey, like literally used to be in New Jersey, and they were like, "Nah, you know what? We could make more money if we put it in Brooklyn, and and we just like developed that whole area." Develop the area. I see so many like weird little niche restaurants now. 
And I'm just like, yo, this is not the neighborhood I grew up in. But you know, it's good. It has some pieces of it, blah, blah, blah. blah. Actually, can I side all into the thing that's <laughs> heating me up? I want to tell you people the thing that upset me. Every Saturday, me and my partner, Rosie, we go for a walk slash run around the park. It's We were trying to get our bodies right. This is how I get myself healthy. Yesterday, it was randomly 60 fucking degrees. And all of you motherfuckers came outside just to walk around with your stupid fucking baby, <laughs> your stupid dog. Can I tell you something that makes no sense to me? If if I am a literal baby, like I don't exist yet mentally, <laughs> do you think I'm going to remember this experience of being at the park with you on a warm day in February? Stay in the fucking house and raise your child. Put on Coco Melon. Put on whatever the fucking Teletubbies. Put on Caillou. Arthur's about to cancel. Why? You know why Arthur's canceling? Because you people are too busy coming outside with your stupid fucking baby. <laughs> I'm walking around the park. I'm sweating. And I keep seeing these random people with their little hips to clothes just walking around. People are picnicking. It's fucking February. <laughs> I just imagine you running through the Stay- park, like dodging strollers. No, I'm dodging fucking <laughs> strollers. No, I'm dead. It gets me so tight. Because like when it, in the dead of winter, since December, yeah, sure. a good chunk of January, I'm out there with the other runners. And it's just real yeah. runners, just running. In Is the it cold. like a special like I don't consider myself nod or wave? Like when two people on motorcycles pass each other, there's like a secret code. Is it like a code among joggers? Like I respect you for being out here and it's 10 degrees. I get a lot of looks because I always figured I get looks just because I was like, a, I'm a big guy outside running because you don't see that many bigger guys running. Or if you do, you know, they're here for the, they're, here, they're really here to get it. I get a lot of those little head nods of like, mm. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but also runners can be dicks, man. Don't don't lie to you because you fucking get in my way one more fucking time. You see me here, bro. But that's not who I'm here to. I'm here to fight your fucking baby. <laughs> Fuck your baby. <laughs> It, your baby can't do nothing. If you got a little puppy, though, puppies are cute. I love little puppies outside. Well, that's puppies, cool. puppies are cute. Uh, we have been to the park pretty near our house. People have been having their dogs out more. There's this, there's this tiny little dog. I'm going to go funny. on a slight dog tangent. There's this tiny little dog that walks around our neighborhood, and uh, all he, all he does is bark, like literally at everything the entire time. So it's almost like a little siren. Like you just like be, you're just sitting in the house, and you just slowly hear him come up the road barking the whole entire time you're like oh it's it's his it's his walking time laugh at it every time it's his it's his tiny ass dog what's it you know his I, name? I have no idea you know his, <laughs> name? his name is like little mortar but you know more of his outside and he's barking <laughs> oh man I'll well that that was fun um thank you again basketball so, gods so um everyone else stay inside Kyrie, stay inside you're not stay vaccinated in the, stay in the fucking house bro <laughs> stay in the house <laughs> Sorry, let me, hold on. It's our podcast. I want to say this thing too about about why all you people are outside because it makes no literal sense. Just two weeks ago, I saw this tweet. Everyone's mentioned this tweet. It's real. Two weeks ago, the CDC is like, "Hey, the only masks that are masks are KN95 masks because they stop the transmission of the COVID thing." You people either believe or don't believe. I get it. And now, two weeks later, like, "Hey, raw dog, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Take the mask off." And now all you people are fucking outside thinking it's fucking fun again. Stay in the fucking house. I, I, I'm sick of I feel like we're you. just a couple weeks away in a perfect world of like being done with this because numbers are way down. But it seems like premature celebration when people start. Like we did this already. Like we like 
eight months ago were like, oh, it's over. Everyone can take their masks off. And then, and then, and then we just like did the whole thing again. So I feel like we should stop taking your condoms <laughs> off. That is my point. Like stop when it. you, I'm trying to think of like a good example of like something that you need to like over prepare for. Like when you're done, you need to keep going like for another two weeks. Like it's just like you don't just you don't just like stop. Like you just need to keep going. I, maybe there's a sexual metaphor in there. Help me out. <laughs> Look, if she's about to climax, you don't st- you don't stop, and it's like oh she's about to come. You don't stop then. No, you keep going. Jesus Christ. Until she fully climaxes. Like, it doesn't make sense. And and people are outside. And I'm like, why are there so many people outside with shorts on? Why are there so many people outside having fun? Getting fun. What is the point of moving to New York if you don't like your <laughs> I love my apartment. Go live in a shoebox if you want to be outside all the time. Kissing babies. Fuck your toddler, bro. <laughs> your toddler's taking up space. Your toddler can't even walk yet. And you bring him to a park where he has to walk? Does this mean you're not you're not having children anytime soon? Because <laughs> it's going to be because that could be you in like two years. Like you go on this huge rant, and then two hey. years from now, you're just like, yeah, I'm going to take take my my five month old to the park today. <laughs> I'm not going to take my five month old to the park. I am acknowledging that I I it looks like you parents are bored, so you're like, hey, let's go make this. Let's take this. Oh yeah, it's about the parents, the not so the kid. Fun. But I know that you're just gonna you're I'm just gonna good. hook your kid up directly to Disney Plus and like never let him go outside. It's fine. <laughs> a fact. My kid's gonna have terrible social uh, etiquette, and you know what? I did the right thing because at least my kid knows that when he's seven and actually sees a tree for the first time, <laughs> that this is a tangible thing. Like this is a physical, <laughs> real Seven. thing. That's oh, a real. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can smell it. Not a memory that's in the back of his brain. It from like six months. He just saw colors. Sorry, I'm 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 old man on this one. I'm sorry. You I, are. I'm you're you're, you're full man. blown. Like I'm I'm out in my exercise gear and no one else on the sidewalk counts. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just is the truth. It's like this is a real Brooklyn thing. But I remember. When I would walk across the Brooklyn Bridge, and this is before they changed it. It used to be the Brooklyn Bridge would have us, the left side is for the walkers and the right side is for the bikers. The bikes, bicycle people are absolute assholes. Shout out to all you bicycle people. But they would yell and scream, (laughs) get the fuck out of the way, to any person that would cross that line even a little bit. And after what feels like a year of going to the park to run walk, I'm here. I see the energy. The energy is like, you people aren't here. I'm suffering out here. I'm suffering through all the, the seasons, through hot, hot summer, through cold spring. I'm suffering. And to see you out here thinking this is cute, there's not even good foliage. All the trees are dead. It is literally just gray and homeless people doing shooting up in the corner. It is ugly out here. Just stay in the house. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> so I really, I didn't want to be old man this part. I might edit this down so I don't sound like such an old man. Well, uh, let's move on to our our meal, our our biggest topic of the day, which is a couple of streaming movies that both of us watched. Um, let's start off with the yes. one that we're going to spend a little bit less time on, um, not based on quality or anything. We obviously want to talk to talk to some movies that are more related to this Valentine's Day weekend, but um, a neat little uh, this small little thriller came out called Kimmy. Starring Zoe Kravitz, directed by the great Steven Soderbergh, right to HBO Max. You can watch it now. Um, and I, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was fun. It has a lot in common with sort of like paranoia thrillers um, like 
blowout, like the conversation, like rear window. It's sort of like a technophobia version of this, which is like a very specific to my interest. Like immediately when I saw the trailer, I was like, this is a movie that almost regardless of quality probably appeals to me. Um, and uh, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. What'd you think? I think the pandemic is really helping films that were, would have not gotten made because of before blockbusters are just taking over everything. We're getting to have more rear window, more thrillers, which I love. I love that death and denial is out there right now. I don't think it's going to do well, but I love mysteries. I love the murder mystery. All that shit is super fun. And it was like a genre that was just being like pushed away because we need more superhero films. We need more superhero films. I had a fucking Kimmy was great, man. Kimmy is just fun. I love that her apartment, especially like the apartment window thing really needs to like visually make me think, yeah, she could see a lot mm-hmm. from here, even though it has nothing to do with the window because it's all like sound based yeah. for considering what our job was. But I love just her window and I love that it like immensely. I can just I'm in yeah. this. Who is that sound? Why do we do this? Why is this happening? Who are these people? Just fucking go off. Yeah, bro. there's a real line to like what you're saying about like people watching each other, even though it is a sound sort of like a sound based mystery is that this is one of the first movies that I I watched, I'm not saying this is one of the first movies to do it, but one of the first that I watched where the pandemic is very much a part of the storytelling of this movie. The reason why so many people are watching each other out of windows in this apartment complex is because no one has really conversed with each other in a year and a half or whatever. And so their version of sort of socializing is basically like waving from their window. And Zoe Kravitz's character has... Uh, basically like a a phobia of going outside. I think that's agoraphobia. I don't know if uh, I'm pretty sure that that's correct. Um, And so there's a lot of like implying like what the pandemic itself has done to people. And that's sort of backgrounds the entire mystery. And the movie like really takes off when she leaves her apartment. We get sort of this handheld style, which is sort of like signature Soderbergh that really portrays even this open world in the city as like this claustrophobic mess in which she's trying to avoid people um, to the point of like avoiding eye contact, tries to make herself small to like not attract attention. Everyone's masked. Like it's very much in the style of like what it feels like to go outside, especially if that's difficult for you. Um, I thought that was really creative to like not shy away from that. I don't need every movie to be a pandemic movie, but I thought grounding it in that actually made this movie more interesting because if she can just leave her house and there's no pandemic and there's no phobia, this movie is like not quite as interesting. The It's one of the films out of all the random media that has tried to address pandemicness. I think it's one of the first times I'm like, oh, you did it really well. Like the beginning when she was supposed to go meet her love interest at the egg cart seems visually so easy. It's right outside. It's a big open airspace. Just go. But that is how it felt in the beginning before people were vaccinated, before people were felt like there's even any safety here. It's like. Do I want to go to see Zach's house right now? Could this be it? I don't know who he's interacted with. It's those little internal thoughts that I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is how yeah. it is. Plus, I think visually the film Kimmy is just perfect. I love how she looks in this. Like she looks like it's like sci-fi, but she looks like a superhero because of the mm-hmm. blue hair streaks. She's just like like a manic pixie dream girl s look, but she's absolutely a yeah. Person. I was gonna say it's almost like using the aesthetic of the manic pixie dream girl, but it's she's actually the opposite. She's actually very scared. Yeah. Is has 
problems interacting with people. And then by the time you get to the end of the movie is sort of very capable of violence when necessary. Very capable of of murder. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So basically, I mean, she works as this um, person who listens to recordings from like an Alexa type device um, and tries to uh, basically make the, when people speak to it, optimize that. And I was just curious if you, do you have like a, an Alexa or a Google home in your house? Like the message of like the tech that's sort of like always listening to you. Is that something that resonated with you at all? Cause I know some people are like anti having those in their houses. I am one of the people who has a Google home in the house. I'm also vaccinated. So, you know, it tells you a lot. I'm just, I'm just letting <laughs> you take it, take whatever you want from me. I do have total fears of the Google home, but I also just kind of, you know, I already have a cell yeah. phone and I'm certain we all know our cell phones are listening to us. Like, I really don't care, but you're going to hear me have an argument. <laughs> yeah. That... You, you're going to hear me. Ha- you can't, you can't like send me advertisements for my argument. So what's up? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that fair. Matter. I have the same sort of approach. I have them too, but I'm also just like, I also use the Google phone and use all my browsing history in Google. Like Google knows me. Like it's <laughs> Google's like Steven, I know what you like. I know what kind of cookies you love. I know what chocolates you know. I know you need snow boots. Like yeah. whatever, man. But there's this underlying um idea of the always listening technology and how that has eroded privacy as well, especially to people who I think there's a good just juxtaposition of people seeking privacy, so basically staying inside their own homes, but by staying inside their own homes with a listening device, they actually have less privacy. If that makes sense, like you have all these characters that aren't leaving anywhere to go anywhere. Um, And so technically that should be more private, but it's not because of how surrounded by technology they are, even inside their own homes. The thing that I really like enjoy about this film is that I don't think we talk about the like degradation of privacy as much as we talk about sort of like the over policing of other things, like too much internet equals this, but not like. You know how easy it is to get docs now? Do you know what like it's so the internet is so crazy, like privacy is just like gone and people seem to like have no issue with that because they're like, Oh, I'm getting likes. Yeah. So like the the idea of likes is cool, but I'm like, you don't have any privacy. I know where you are. There's there's scenes in this movie where it's like very easy to find out where our main character is just through like tracking her cell phone. And it's not surprising at all. Like I feel like if they it's not even a thought. It's like, yeah, yeah, if they sense. show that 20 years ago, it's some sort of like CSI super hacker that has to track them. Now it's just like one dude who's just like, oh yeah, I found her. Like it's just the 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 goalposts have moved so far that like having to track someone down is no longer even like a question. Like we can find someone and it's not it's not surprising in the least. Like, are you really surprised the moment that people crazy. show up at her apartment? Like, no, they immediately know where she lives. No. It's crazy to me that like this film feels like it's in the future. Like her hair mm-hmm. feels like it's a feel like it just feels like the movie I would have saw in the nineties and like, oh, that's the mm-hmm. future. But nothing about this is future tech. No, not not at all. Nothing is super futuristic. <laughs> it's just now. But I'm like, holy shit. This is fucking she turns her phone off, but they still know where yeah. you live because they have all your information. They know what the time you're gonna be here. All of it's really cool. Yeah, I just wanna it's shout scary. out Steven Soderbergh for continuing to make sort of like smaller budget shorter exciting movies i mean he puts out several movies a year and it's sort of like 
earned legend status at this point from like making the oceans movies and has made like sex lies and videotapes, which won at con like back in the nineties, like the guy's a legend. And unlike so many other directors of his generation who like really prioritize the theatrical, theatrical experience, which I think is a good thing. Like I want the theatrical experience, but Soderbergh just makes two or three movies a year, has a deal with HBO max and had one with Netflix before where his movie will just like drop a trailer a month before, and then it'll just be up for people to watch. And he doesn't seem to care at all. And I appreciate that we need a little bit of both in the movie world. Like I want to see the Christopher Nolan movie in theaters, but I also want Soderbergh to just drop a movie with 30 days warning starring Zoe Kravitz and be able to watch it on whenever I want. Um, that that's really exciting to me. It's, it's nice to, that someone still cares about the art and not, it's not a pretentious asshole who wants people to go to a movie theater during a pandemic. Yeah. That definitely changes things too. It's, it's it, the, the it's urging people guy. to go outside is a little tougher when people are dying from going outside and Soderbergh just doesn't even like, care and just keeps making movies and is, clearly on the train too of like, I'm not interested in doing anything else. Like he did this little interview where someone asked him about superhero movies, which for some reason we have to ask every director about now. I don't really understand that so that question. It is, it is so corny, but he's basically like, nah, I'm not interested. They don't fuck. And I'm just like, uh, out of all the other reasons that I bet he's not interested, that was, that was very funny to me. Um, and there's, then there's a pretty like graphic sex scene in this movie. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't seem like something yeah, that would was, be in daredevil. <laughs> Yeah, somebody she was getting her shit out too, right? I was like, oh my god, I wasn't prepared, you know, because I'm just wasn't prepared for it. And my first thought was, oh, I know Zach's gonna love this. I just love you love seeing people. I, fuck, I man. do, and I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> I do, I do, and I always think it's hilarious when journalists have to ask this question, and like it shows no awareness of what they're dealing with. Like this, this man makes not very large budget movies and puts them on HBO max. Cause he fucking loves movies. This man does not want to direct eternals too. leave him alone. <laughs> leave him alone. I, I, I just like, I'm really bored by the question of people asking like directors, Marvel thoughts, or Marvel thoughts. Like, you know what? I, I know directors ever going to say it, but like, Hey man, fuck the studios. Yeah, exactly. What, say it, just say it. What fuck your, the studios, but you can't and, say that. So I gotta say, ah, oh, fuck. Marvel. What that question basically is, is like, would you like to give up most of your creative freedom? And I'm not saying that as a shot to the people that are making the movies, because there's still talented directors that manage to make very good Marvel movies. Ryan Coogler, Taika Waititi, like those guys, Patty Jenkins, those people made fantastic superhero movies. So no shots at them, but there is a certain extent that it's like, Asking that question is basically like, I know that you're enjoying writing your own movies and making whatever you want, but wouldn't you want to give all that up to direct adults in spandex? Like that's just <laughs> the, the question for a lot of people is like nonsensical and I'm tired of, I'm tired of this conversation. <laughs> it's just such a boring question. I, it is, it's like, it's so boring to me. You're just asking someone, Hey, do you want to make a superhero movie because they make money and your film only brings <laughs> in about 10 to $20 million over the, if it's over his entire run? Like, it's a stupid question. I do. I think my issue is like, I wish someone could just talk more about the issue of society and studios only wanting to make films that are franchises or films that are attached to the memory of something like i just saw the jurassic world dominion trailer i don't give a fuck <laughs> like that's that's the thing you want to talk about like the original jurassic park feels like film feels like this is a yeah. film even though it's still a blockbustery 
you fall down the line of hey we're in jurassic park 18 tv show and it's like hey we're gonna make a billion dollars <laughs> and then you ask steven soderbergh what are your thoughts on films that are no longer have sex marvel right <laughs> Give us a headline. It's stupid. It's a stupid thought. I'm just yeah, bored by it. No, totally. I think that's go. what made, if you listen to our last episode, we were talking about the Scream franchise and how that stayed true to the Scream vision over 25 years and how that's so rare is because you do have the opposite, which are just blockbusters, which is just like, I don't even know where we are in the Jurassic Park like timeline anymore. Like nothing really matters. It's just like we can... We need a blockbuster. We're gonna slap Jurassic Park on it and give you CGI dinosaurs, and you just you're gonna roll with it. And I'm just like, I, it's yeah. it's not okay. I guess I'll I'll see it on streaming. Yeah, eventually. it's not that interesting. The only exception is is stuff when like King Kong versus Godzilla comes out, which was sick. Like I, I we need we still need <laughs> it was so fun. We still need some big budget like shit where things just blow up. We just don't always need that to be like the topic of conversation every single day. Cause that's not the only thing that movies can be. But on the other hand, give me more King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> For it sounded like they were making the big budget blockbuster so they could then fund the smaller, more intimate, more like thought provoking films. But now it sounds like they make big budget blockbusters. So they get paid. So make, they can make the, more the next one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's no longer, I'm doing this to fund someone's art project it's just now i'm doing this to fund the next godzilla universe film and that in itself is not an issue with me stop (laughs) stop attacking me the stupid fanboy that is you and your friends who are making these films this year well market him correctly (laughs) speaking of the the sort of changing genre and and face style of film we're on valentine's day weekend and a bunch of rom-coms just sort of like fell out of the sky Onto streaming networks like on Peacock has That's Marry cool. Me. Amazon got I Want You Back, which I haven't seen yet. And I think there was Oh yes, I gotta watch that one. Thank <laughs> I think there you. was another one on Netflix. Like a bunch of these just came out of nowhere. And I think in a style that like I'm not gonna say hasn't been seen lately, but I don't think we've seen the sort of like larger budget stars are in this rom-com recently. Usually it's sort of the Netflix style, I don't know, 90% of these people um sort of rom-com yeah. but it seems like people want stars back in these things what did you think of of marry me and what do you think of the position of the the rom-com currently okay you're asking the right man i know for this. I, I only bring you I the good stuff love i love marry <laughs> me Break, I don't, that's not a sexual <laughs> leave me alone i loved marry me marry me was great all right i think first thing about marry me before i even answer i think marry me is great but I'm really happy that we can finally live in a world where older people can pretend by older people. I mean, older women can pretend like the way like big budget male actors pretend that they're still 35. I'm like, jail's 52. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm vaguely 35. Yeah. And I love that because that she's not someone's grandma. She's not like she's pretending she's vaguely 35 like Tom Cruise was for 20 years. <laughs> That's fucking great. And I love this I love this rom-com. I just think all rom-coms are having like a resurgence. And Marry Me was fucking fun. Owen Wilson, I need more Owen Wilson movies again in my life. I remember watching Bliss last year and it's terrible. But Owen Wilson's in it, so you know, I'm gonna take it. And I loved how he just feels in this. Like it does give me a real story. It's not a great story. <laughs> it's not believable, but no rom-com is, and that's the point. Yeah, I I totally agree with you on both points about how Jennifer Lopez 
just I don't need to thirst too much in the pod, but looks fantastic. They don't need to play up the fact that you saw that butt scene. (laughs) They don't need to play up the fact that she's 35. She literally still looks 35. Like that's it's it's pretty incredible, honestly. But then also, I just feel like Owen Wilson is one of our like speaking of blockbusters, like underrated blockbuster guy like Owen Wilson. I know that he's become like a meme because of like the. The oh wow, like Owen Wilson wow. stuff, wow. but but Owen Wilson has wow. been <laughs> Owen Wilson has been in a lot of of good rom coms in a lot of good movies. Like was basically like Wes Anderson's go to guy for years. Like Owen Wilson, give that dude his flowers. He's back to to get some in Marry Me as a single father math teacher who honestly that's exactly what Owen Wilson looks like like if he wasn't an actor he probably teaches math yeah, like it fits that was him. <laughs> it, it made they also sense. try to make him 35 which does not quite work there's a few scenes where he's wearing it does not work. work he's he got an older face there's a few scenes where he's wearing a beanie and so he doesn't have his like floppy hair out and you're like oh man you're you're like 60 right like <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah yeah that was the thing i was like they're closer in age in yeah. real life but i'm like you don't look no. jello age <laughs> you don't look jello age i'm like oh you're an older man <laughs> but i do find it That's interesting cool. that they okay. have reunited these like this is almost like a legacy rom-com it's not only about the story that's being told in marry me which is hit or miss but it's also because people want to see like the stalwarts of the era of rom-coms be together in a movie. Like the sale for this movie is not necessarily, this is a new rom-com The the selling this movie is basically like, here are people that are in some of your favorite rom-coms. We put them together and you can watch it today, which I thought was interesting. Cause I don't know if on the surface you'd be like, what I need in a movie is an Owen Wilson, Jennifer Lopez team up. But when you think about the history of popular rom-coms, that makes so much sense. It makes total sense to start playing. It's it just is like we're we're still getting gut because of our nostalgia, yeah. and it, sometimes it's really like obvious. Like Space Jam Two is obvious, and it's, so it's not good. But this, I'm like, yo, fucking go nuts, fucking Jennifer Lopez in a rom com with Owen Wilson, and he's a, a father, and the cast is full of funny mm-hmm. people. I'm fucking <laughs> in, bro. What are you talking about? It was fucking great, and I'm here to say it. The songs in it are. Good bad songs. <laughs> don't 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 do that. Marry me. The, the the title track for the film is called "Marry Me" and is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. But if you listen, I'm a, I'm going to attach it. Zach, please attach it's, it because people need to listen to the song. It's so bad. It's it so wasn't good. so bad until they tried to make it like it was nominated. Like it's a very big moment in the movie where Jennifer Lopez finally her character gets her flowers and like finally gets nominated after what's implied to be like a very sort of successful pop music career, but without the sort of critical acclaim that she would like, that's sort of the background of, of some unsatisfaction in her life. And they've, she finally gets nominated for this song with a person who's now her ex. And then they play it and you're like, Oh, this this song, is this even good this enough is, to be not like, this is worse than most songs that are nominated in real life. <laughs> the other ones I'm are not, good. No, I think the other ones are good. Song. Their other ones are pretty good. <laughs> They're pretty good. But that Marry Me shit, it, it fucking, ooh, I don't even, Marry Me. Marry Me. Marry Me. Marry Me. 
Yes. It sounds like someone begging. Ooh, so good. Yeah, it does sound like someone. Oh, yeah, like you fucking and that's everything. This this kind of movie definitely appeals more to you than to me. I think I'm more of a sucker for the straight up the movie that tries to be a straight up like sort of grounded romance than the rom-com which re- always requires some sort of like grand gesture or grand plot line that seems like you really need to suspend disbelief to believe that these these two people would love each other, which I struggle with sometimes in movies like this. Cause I'm just like, I don't really know why they like each other. Like he teaches her to use a blender and you're just like, that's, that's the hottest thing I've ever seen. Like there's, there's some silliness in this movie, but I do think it is very charming. I, I will say that about a it's good rom-com, charming. a well-cast rom-com can suspend disbelief because you find these characters charming. And that does work in this movie. Um, it might not always work on me for the, you know, for every rom-com because you take Owen Wilson or Jennifer Lopez out of this movie and this does not work at all. <laughs> but because they're in it, it's at very all. charming. It's like both parties are just giving you the thing that you want. They're they're both playing up to nostalgia, but they're also they're both just charming people in the film. And you know what? I'm fucking here. But I I said this to you before pre pod, and I'll say it now. If I was Owen Wilson's ex wife, I would be absolutely <laughs> devastated. To any of you listeners out there, whoever your ex is, even if it's for real reasons, if your ex partner, you break up with them, and then they start dating a superstar. And y'all have a child together. I am immediately becoming toxic. <laughs> you will never see your child again. I don't, don't speak to me through the lawyers. I would. Oh, you're fucking. And then he's having sex with Jennifer Lopez around my <laughs> child. I don't know her. I don't know her. I'm it's sorry. It's immediately how the step parent becomes more popular than the parent too, because you're just like that now. Now I send my kid over to Owen Wilson's house and he just like, she's just friends with like the Beyonce equivalent now. Like, how do you compete with that? <laughs> I can't even buy you gifts anymore. I can't even pay for your college fund. Like, what do I do? I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just providing. On the other hand, the, the mom does not, seems to be slightly absent. She's barely in the movie and I don't think is there at the math, the mathathon or whatever that is. The <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, why yeah, is the mom not yeah. here? This is such a it's big like a huge, huge thing for Jennifer Lopez as a not even step parent yet to like, I guess technically step parent to show up, but like her real mom's not there. I'd like my fancy rich step parent too. If you're not going to show up to my stuff. <laughs> if you're not going to show up to love me at my lowest when I'm fucking up and then math leads it on, which by the way, I just finally saw Mean Girls. I have a lot of hot takes for you people. On for the Girls, first time? For a different podcast. For the first wow. time, yeah. I didn't know that that was possible. Like, I, there was definitely some classics I've missed, but I've seen Mean Girls several, several times. Anyway, I don't want to spend time on that on the pod because I got some takes too. Let's not do I have takes too. I have takes too. I have takes. All of you are wrong. That's my only take. All of you are wrong. Everyone's wrong in this. So you love these kind of movies, and like, what do you think is bringing them back to streaming? And like, what do you want to see out of them? Like, would you want to see more sort of rom coms? with stars but i also know that you watch a lot of the sort of like not to degrade them but the sort of like hallmark level rom-coms you enjoy those as well like what do you think the future of rom-coms on streaming are i think the not not as a joke i think the like the the phrasing of like netflix and chill really helped this out 
because the Netflix and chilling for like a serious film, yeah, you know the person is going to lead to some sort of intercourse, but like you need to like catch people. And I think the better we've had with like the more we've had like really good rom coms that are streaming with pretty good stars, not necessarily like A level, but like a good the solid B that you loved in that film, the person who was a great supporting. You're having those resurgence. Like I think about always be my maybe. Or it's a good, or like, a good this movie. Is perfect. Yeah. These, that's a good movie, and it's perfect because those none of those people are like a level in their own thing, but they're great B C characters, and they get to finally shine. Everyone's funny, and that shit really works. And all of a sudden, honestly, no one wants to go to the movie theater because people are you know more strapped. It costs a lot of money to go to the movie theater, so you're not going to go to see a film that you know is not going to change your life. Not that Marvel is going to change your life, but you'd rather see something that's like an event be like a tentpole. Film. Yeah. And it just works. I think rom-coms are probably perfect for home viewing for that reason. Because a lot of them aren't... Perfect. I'm yeah. not going to say that they're not... There are definitely ones that do interesting like visual things. But there's usually not like a general reason that you need to see a rom-com in theaters. Which is probably why that genre just sort of collapsed as a box office draw. Because as soon as you could watch them at yeah. home... Like a rom-com is something that you're supposed to... Like not to be cheesy, you're supposed to f- cuddle on the couch, eat some snacks and watch that shit and then get busy afterwards. Like that's that's what a rom-com yeah, is for. That's it. And so like you're not really like what why do I need to go to the AMC for that? Um that's like not nah. it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's such a trash man saying it's like why well, I got to go take th- this to here when it's it's in my house already. Yeah. I but it's the truth though. It's just like it changed. I think they said from years that like comedies don't translate well because we're doing much more overseas uh, distribution. Mm-hmm. So comedies don't translate well. So like big films always translate better because the plot is pretty st- serious and pretty straightforward. Whereas comedy is subjective to different languages. That and makes I sense. I hadn't that. thought about so that. So I can understand like a rom com. A rom com wouldn't make sense in I don't know maybe like a a Chinese mm-hmm. market if it's like very Americanized jokes and Americanized people doing American slander. I get it, but you know bring this shit home, <laughs> man. Let's, let's 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 cuddle up with a little chocolate. Yeah, and wine. I, I think this is going to con- continue, especially like I said with with being able to draw big stars back to this market. It just seems like we're going to see more of these, and it'll be interesting if we get sort of more sort of like legacy actors and actresses in these like when does matthew mcconaughey do his next uh rom-com like can we get a old old oh, that's gonna old be a big people one. rom-com where we one. bring back tom hanks and he's gotta like find love at an old age like let's bring back the classics what's meg ryan doing right now like let's get meg ryan in a movie like reese witherspoon she's out Let there like let's let's uh, <laughs> I don't need Reese. I don't like Reese with a smile. I don't need Reese with I got. I got. A, I got a hot one. I want. You know what I want? I want Goldie Hawn to come back. Wow, that <laughs> and do an old people one with Tom. That Hanks. would. That would be fun. That'd be fun. I. I just think as we see more big actors even doing streaming in the first place, like we have every day some big name actor signing up to be in a TV show. We can't be that far off from just everyone signing up to be in a rom-com again. I feel like it's, it's coming. The, the, I feel like JLo and Owen Wilson in this movie is just the sign of, of things to come as more people do straight to streaming stuff. And I don't know how I feel about that, but I know you're very, very excited. (laughs) I'm very excited for what is just, we need more, you know, we need more like 
I could watch this while I'm folding my laundry movies that make you feel stuff. <laughs> what? That's all I'm saying. I don't want to. We're not going to do it I, again. I know. We're not going to argue about screens again. I am curious, though, like, is the rom-com your go-to sort of like romantic movie genre? Like, what is what is your ideal movie? It's Valentine's Day night. You and Rosie have decided to stay in. Like, what movie are you putting on? Because I, I just want to, like, did do the comedies are more appealing in that space? Are the romantic dramas more appealing? Like, what are you what are you picking? I'm a, I'm gonna walk you through because we are doing that this time. I think we we're gonna do Valentine's Day maybe like two weeks from now because there's an event we want to go to, but it's not today. It's mm-hmm. not today or tomorrow, so we're gonna go in like two weeks. So we're staying in. I got a bottle of wine. Got her some tequila. She likes tequila now. I'm gonna put on literally anything and just set the vibe. <laughs> That's it. That's the point. There's no there's no particular rom com that is absolutely perfect. Like I just watched Simply Irresistible two nights ago. It is terrible. <laughs> it's from 1999 at Sarah Michelle Geller. It is awful. The rom coms that we have now are fucking great. They're fun. They're hilarious. But you know what I'm gonna put on? Whatever the fuck I want, and just set the vibe. <laughs> put a little mood lighting on. A little mood lighting. Get a little close. Feel the warmth. So, so you you're basically like, hey, like there is no ideal situation other than the fact that ton of these movies exist and you can throw on any of them and accomplish the goal i'm not going to say what the goal is but you know honestly <laughs> there's no goal the goal is the goal is never to just smush the goal is to like feel good and connected that's that's true wink, that's wink. true <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. i just i good and connect but anything I, works you you make fun of me because i the low stakes movies and like the sort of like grand gesture rom-coms don't necessarily appeal to me and i know that that makes me sound snobbish but let me tell you that the romantic sort of like dramas and i don't mean like the notebook or something like that because i put that in the same category as as far as like overblown grand gesture i'm talking about like uh link later movies where like people just walk around and talk for like two hours like that's my ideal romance movie like i just watched this movie it has a terrible title but i just watched this movie shit house not that long ago it's named after like a mm-hmm. um a frat house because it's basically about these this uh these two college students who meet at a frat party and then they just like wander around for a night having like real conversations with each other i'm such a sucker for that stuff and to me the before trilogy um which uh Richard Linklater did who famously did uh, like Boyhood and School of Rock and stuff like that. His before trilogy, um, before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight are movies that all take place nine years apart with the same cast starring Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi. And in every movie, they basically just like walk around and like spill their guts to each other. And that shit gets me, man. That That's the kind of stuff that I want to watch where it's just like, I I don't really need the grand gesture. I need people to be like real and raw with each other in conversation for like an hour and a half. I want to be devastated. So you get <laughs> you get like lubricated off your sadness. Yeah, <laughs> you get hard off yeah. your sadness. That's that's what you're telling that's, me. A wreck from deep emotional turmoil. This feelings. is this is this is going to like this is going to say so much about. Tell me. the truth. Tell me the truth. best kind of romance is always imbued with a certain kind of melancholy. Who hurt you? <laughs> there's 
who hurt? No, that's that's you tell me so much. <laughs> I, I have. It's like, but I think it's. I don't want to say sadness, but I think melancholy is a driving force of like togetherness. Like we are better together. These characters are are better together or better in conversation with each other is like an emotional point that like really hits me. It's just like, I don't need necessarily the rom-com where like everyone is, everything is sort of like wacky and slapstick and everything's a grand gesture. I need two people that feel real with like a, a sense of incompleteness until they find the other person. And that's more emotional and sad, but I feel like that kind of movie hits me more. And you're telling me that posts, whatever this film is, you're just like, I am ready to fight. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, this gets yes. you hard. Like, that gets yes. you totally hard. Uh, <laughs> some couple on the screen struggling emotionally to be together. Real tears were shed. And you're like, damn, I yeah. felt that. And now I'm ready to have hard Absolutely. sad sex posts. Absolutely. And you, there, okay. there, you know, there are... are emotionally stunted women listening to this podcast that are like, I, Zach is now my ideal man. Like that's happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. No, I'm, see, that, this is how I know I'm no longer toxic. I'm no longer toxic because I was there with you with the emotionally stunted women. <laughs> it was like, oh shit, tell me about your hard day. And why don't you just come over? We'll have a nice, we'll have a nightcap. And you can let it happen. <laughs> on you. you don't have to do nothing. I was there, but I'm no longer into that. Let's all talk about therapy. <laughs> Let's do that. I just, you know, it's it. There's a a large expanse of romantic movies. We gotta all find our own thing. It should be a surprise to no one that I like the complicated ones. It's just, you know, I'm just, I'm just like, <laughs> damn, that's like really, that's just a lot to intake. Because like, post really hard films. When I do watch a hard film, I never think. I guess I'll have sex now. <laughs> like, it never comes up. It's never my thought. I'm more like, damn. Wow, Casper really died. <laughs> I'm just, we're really finding out our differences over these last couple podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I like I like happy sex apparently, and you like you like a sex where it's like I'm trying to fight for my life. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I can, I've heard, I know you killing it too. I can tell because you're like you fighting like Rocky every single time, Rocky versus Ivan Drago. Like you shouldn't be winning this, but you're like, no, I'm gonna win. Every single time. Yeah, I, this, this has got to be, like, this, is, nice this is too much about me. I don't like talking about myself in public. And now now we have a podcast and that seems anti to like my beliefs about privacy. <laughs> yeah, our podcast is totally anti our privacy. People uh, know what our, our partner's names are. They know what state we live in. You know, I guess they kind of know our sexual <laughs> lives. To some extent, I'm trying I'm, not to I, share my. I gotta, life. I gotta move on from rom coms. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, rom coms to uh, let's talk about sadness from Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> well, we we recorded not that long ago for our last episode. People should check that out. We did. We it was a very long podcast. We ranked the screen movies. We talked about. We need to talk about Cosby. We talked about so many different things. Um, so we don't have that much as far as like stuff to throw at you to check out this week. But I did want to say, I did want to leave you on the note that I love Kid Cudi and people should leave him alone. I, I, I've just been hit with this like deluge of headlines because I'll use his, like I'll turn his phrasing back against him. He who must not be named in the rap game is just like out here insulting a bunch of people who have done nothing wrong and uh, trying to fight nothing Kid wrong. Cudi. And I'm just like, who in their right mind wants to fight Kid Cudi? 
everyone seems to like that guy. He's got a nice face in movies. He hums like an angel. He's still out here making good albums. An angel. Like what? If you're trying to fight Kid Cudi, you have gone down the wrong path, sir. Like, like leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you're trying to fight your your friend who always tries to keep you in check, you got you gotta like mentally think. I think I'm fucking up, but no one will say it. I'm also really just tired of talking about. Kanye oh, West. totally. We're never talking about the music. We're never talking about. Oh, he made a solid body of work. We're never talking about art. He's wearing these hideous shoes now, and I know in six years that means these hideous shoes are going to be the new standard. But like, it's just really boring, and it's just it's just we're just watching an old man be toxic, yeah. who's fucking other bitches, but mad his <laughs> wife is like living a better life. Like it's just sad. And it's been sad, and it continues to be sad. And talk bringing up Kid Cudi when it's like Kid Cudi's been right with you since fucking oh nine. Yeah, you're, you're sound. Ridiculous. And you know, it's not even necessarily deep down inside because he's literally talking about it publicly. But you know that Kanye is the kind of uh, misogynist who is like really upset that his yeah. wife is dating a person who like they coined big dick energy afterwards. Like, you know, Kanye is laying asleep at night just thinking about like, Oh, the person that's my wife is with now literally invented a term on the internet about being well endowed. And you know, he's the kind of misogynist to just like really, really think on that. (laughs) No, that's, that's like, like that. That's what I'm saying to you is like, so you don't, you don't realize you become more mature, but you get more mature when you realize Oh, your partner has been with other people before you, and if you guys break up, your partner might be other people after you, and that means nothing. Yeah, me. that means nothing. That's just that's not my that's not but my this, issue. But man, this is but this is now. a middle aged man like dropping photoshops on Twitter, trying to like insult the guy that is currently plowing his ex wife. It's not working, bro. <laughs> and she looks like she's having a great time, man. They're going out getting ice cream, <laughs> eating pizza. That's how I even want you going along. I was going to say, you know, this is real and not a publicity stunt because no one would ever go to Staten Island if it wasn't real. (laughs) No one would ever go to Staten Island. She's outside. And that's how I know the the BDE is real because that also no one's going to Staten Island if they're they're not they're not having a good time. He's hitting that shit perfectly. He's giving the emotional raw like you know it's good for her but you know but it's grow up i bring leave cuddy's name out your yeah. mouth like kid cuddy has done so good he's doing he's doing he's emotionally well he's mentally well he's putting out art that hits he's acting i see he's got a yeah. 24 movie coming that looks interesting and scary i just don't understand like how someone bitch. can view a person who literally over the course of a few years has basically angered every single person that's friends with them and then still have like a cult like cult of personality fan base that's like he's done nothing wrong like everyone who has ridden with him over the years is just getting insulted at this point and it's about time that someone like cuddy just comes out and is just like i'm tired of it we're not friends anymore because like he doesn't he doesn't deserve to have friends like if you're gonna do that every single album cycle is just like let me insult the people that i've made some of my best music with or some of the people that have that have been my friends for decades like it's just stupid the 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 kitty the kid the kid cuddy album from last year too is better than every kanye album since um 808s life of pablo 808s it's better than Jesus. life of pablo is probably close but i just want to say that kid cuddy is not out here like 
uh, make, making trash and using Kanye to prop up his career. This guy is still making really good music, and uh, he has enhanced the last few years of Kanye's output. I mean, like, Kids See Ghosts is probably the best thing Kanye did in years, and that's that's to credit Cuddy, too. So I'm just like, leave this man alone. Uh, everyone likes him. Just just stop, man. I'm... I'm <laughs> and also leave Billie Eilish alone. You're being a fucking weird. You're like a 45 year old man bullying someone who hasn't who isn't 21 yet. You're weird. It's just it's so it's stupid. Weird. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's weird, I dude. just wanted to say that we're, I don't want to talk about we we are. I, I know that we've gotten trouble before for like claiming that we're like super fans of someone and then then they go and do something stupid. That's never happened before. Don't listen back to other pods. I'm just saying it could don't it, listen to episode it one, could have on. happened. <laughs> But I think there's been enough time with Cuddy in the spotlight to like confidently say, like, people should continue to support this person. And this is this is a pro Cuddy podcast. This is a pro Cuddy podcast, unless he makes us no longer <laughs> pro Cuddy pro Cuddy podcast. But Kanye West, you're, you, Kanye, being a Kanye West fan has been so hard because it feels like I'm always like, maybe today I'll come back. <laughs> And every single week and every single month, I'm reminded, no, I'm good. I'll listen to late registration and I'll stay happy. I, I listen to here. or I, I watch a lot of basketball games. And so one of the most like popular stadium songs is Power from my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And every time I hear that song, I'm like, oh, shit, this is so good. And then and then I think about all the context of it. And I'm just like, just leave it alone. It's fine. <laughs> those drums sound amazing though those are good drums. is there anything else you want to say to the people before we go uh happy valentine's day believe in love and um, but also if you're a single person you get to save money yeah I, I think you know there's we don't put a lot of pressure on our relationship specifically for valentine's day i i go really hard on the anniversaries so i i feel like everyone out yeah. there should take some pressure off of themselves remember to enjoy the day even if you're alone forever and um you know <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Wait to put some of that alone that privilege. I, I'm just, I'm just singles. joking. I, I love all my single friends because it's literally all of them except you. <laughs> I can agree to a certain extent. I got like, two friends who are, you know, good long-standing relations. The rest of y'all are single, and you know, it might just be that way forever. Uh, That's cool. Thanks for listening to this episode of Post Weird. Uh, we'll be back soon. <laughs>